Today, the dumb money community has a trade idea for us to consider. They say it's a high conviction trade for them. The company, Funko. You know, they make Funko Pops. They make all sorts of pop culture collectibles. It's a company that we actually invested in a few years ago as their products were quickly growing in popularity. The stock price was growing right along with it. But for the past year or so, the stock has been heading down, way down. The stock dropped nearly 90% in just eight months. Today on Dumb Money, we're going to be joined by some viewers who think Funko is underappreciated by the market and that their products are hotter than ever. Today, we're going to decide if it's time for us to invest in a Funko comeback. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Stick around until the end today because we are going to have a little Dumb Money happy hour, your chance to ask us anything. But first, we could easily make a million dollar investment in Funko next week. It kind of all comes down to whether or not we believe the thesis that's going to be presented by members of the Dumb Money community. So let's bring them in. It's Peyton Chenault and Alam Rahim. Welcome to Dumb Money. Hey guys, what's up? What's up? When you guys are visiting us from the UK, Alam, and Peyton from Alabama? Yep, just outside Alabama. Awesome. awesome. So, so with this trade, wh who discovered it first? Was it, was it like a group effort? Was it one of you started doing the research? Uh, Alam, you can go ahead and take that. Yeah, so I originally found that trade a few months ago when I was researching other toy companies like Mattel and Hasbro, but then... Um, in the Domini Discord and Peyton uh, really helped out with the research and going into channel checks into retail stores and doing um, online checks. So yeah, it was a group effort. Can I can I just have my two cents on Funko before we dive in, Dave? I would love to hear your two cents because you've you've made a lot of money in Funko through the years. I have done very well on Funko. Funko was my it was one of my core social arb stocks when i was at ticker tags and jordan you remember all the research we used to do on funko i mean we were just bleeding edge funko social arb traders from the time they ipo'd right up until about two years ago and we wrote them all the way up wrote them all the way down i think i wrote them back up again after that fortunately i sold now they're back down again and I really feel like I have an intimate knowledge of this company, its customers, its products, and most importantly, and this is the thing that you guys probably aren't thinking about, its cap table, okay? Because the people that are behind Funko, okay, have all sorts of capital restrictions on the company, the way that they're invested in the company, they basically have handcuffs on this company, right? So Funko is a type of company where if it does exceptionally well, awesome, it will do great. And none of that stuff really matters. But if it starts to get into trouble, it's, Watch out. it's not a good it's deal fall at through all. The floor. They can get into financial trouble really quickly at Funko, okay? And, well, and, Chris and let me tell you something, guys. I love these Funko Pops for a while when they're hot. The problem, Dave and Jordan and you guys, is that with their revenue numbers now, they need to keep growing and broadening out 
their base of consumers for Funko Pops. And there are people that appreciate Funko Pops, and then there's the rest of the world, okay? Now, when their Funko Pops were new and interesting and people were just starting to get into them, the company was on a tear. The problem is everyone's kind of seen these Funko Pops, either like them or you don't, right? And Funko has this awesome story about there's something for everyone. There's a Funko Pop for everyone. I don't care what you're into. We got a Funko Pop for you. And that was, I, I love that storyline. The problem is the world only has room for so many Funko Pops. I mean, do you see these stores where they sell them? They stack them to the ceiling. This has all the writings of a disaster in the making. In fact, guys, when I speak to people that are in the licensing game, because I, you know, Dave and Jordan, we have some partners that are some of the largest licensors of products in the world. And I bring up Funko over cocktail hour. You should see what they have to say about Funko. They're just like, oh, you just wait. You just wait. This company is going to collapse. That's what they all tell me. They're all like, this company's going to collapse. You know why? Because Funko has guaranteed minimums that they need to hit for every single one of those licenses. And like last year, I think they wrote off almost $20 million of product that they basically just had to give away, or I don't know what they do, they burn it, because they allocated too much to these products that didn't sell, like Star Wars and stuff. And at any moment in time, if demand falls, dude, this company could completely collapse. That okay, said- so You've, you've totally no, made no, this a difficult uphill so battle for them to convince us now. No, it's, it's an uphill battle, guys. But I want you, I want you to, I want to say this. If you could convince me that the next 12 months Funko is going to be on an accelerated climb in terms of consumer demand for various reasons, I don't care if Funko goes out of business in 2023 or 2024 because if they can accelerate demand for some some reason the next 12 months, six months, then I don't care. I don't care that the company is going out of business in three years or four years because they'll have a great 21 and I'll invest them right now. It's all about social arm. You do. They have to have the hot products. When Funko has hot, hot pops, that's when you want to invest. When they don't have any hot pops for a quarter, you got to be out of that stock. So that, I'm going to put it back in your hands now, guys. Yeah, let's let Tell them... me why Funko now. Yeah, we need now? to let them kind of begin at the beginning because they haven't okay. they haven't explained what their thesis is yet. We now know, know all the reasons that they're going to go out of business. It's grandstanding on them. Gosh, I no, need I, I need to hear from them because I know your opinion. I wanted to set the landscape, <laughs> the Funko landscape, so we understand what. And by the way, before they sell backpacks now, and they sell like, dude. All right, fine. I won't say anymore. I'm going to put it in your hands. Let Tell them me begin. Why Funko now? Why now? All right, Chris. So why Funko now? So Funko was hit really hard by the pandemic, right? I think um, Q4 of 2019 is when they oversold all those Star Wars pops and the Frozen 2. And that's what really started the downtrend. And then COVID just completely destroyed them, because especially in Europe, because they didn't really have uh, e-commerce over there yet. So that really hurt them. And then I feel like that was such an overreaction because last last earnings, they beat earnings estimates by 300%. And um, I feel like that, well, the CEO in the earnings call was saying that COVID didn't really affect demand in the US. And what's crazy is there was no movies coming out this past summer. Like it was 
the only thing he said that came out the past year was Mandalorian and I think a couple Marvel characters. So I feel like invest now because I feel like this is the start of the uptrend that is going to start leading into next year because we have the vaccine coming in December and then we have, um, I think movies will start releasing again next summer. Like once people, like majority of people take the vaccine, like let's say April or May. And I feel like that on top of the next gen gaming consoles coming out, like cyberpunk and all that, that will create like a huge demand for product too. Can you explain why that's important? Because Funko basically licenses these characters in the new movies and that's what people then want to go out and buy these characters, right? Explain how that works. And explain, yes. by the way, 70% are evergreen products, right? 70% of what Funko makes are products like, uh, give me an example, like uh, Harry Potter, right? That's an evergreen product. Like this, It just always is out there. But then 30%, and the 30%, guys, Dave Jordan, the 30% is what moves the needle for Funko every quarter. So if they have a good quarter for that 30%, those are the movies and the TV shows and whatever, the gaming product, that's what we need to know so guys, but yeah. So with the licensing stuff, I think that's a big deal because they advertise like with the game. So like, if you're gonna buy Cyber Cyberpunk, you're gonna get a Funko Pop with it, and um, they do that with the movies too. Like people love the characters. Like I would say, what's really trending the most right now is Baby Yoda, and uh, we all know why because of the last last year's Mandalorian like premiere, and so I feel like that's blowing up right now too. Um, I feel like this holiday will be really huge for them because what they did is they just opened up their direct-to-consumer e-commerce website in Europe. And if you go on Twitter and search like Funko sold out, they're literally selling out in seconds on the websites. Yeah. So are they selling out just a few? Because this is where we have to be careful. Because the, the Funko has like some limited characters where they just make a limited number and those sell out. Are they just selling out those or do they actually have pops that they're making a good quantity of that they're selling out? Can you Do you know for sure yeah. either way? I, I, the majority of what I've seen is they sell out pretty quick. I know like the, the most rare ones, they sell out in like seconds. But I've seen like just regular pops that are out all year long. They'll sell out within a day or two of releasing. Because there was a bunch of, um, I, it was in the high conviction Google Doc chart. They have Target and Walmart exclusives. And if you just scroll up and down on the screen, half of those are already, like the pre-orders are already sold out. Okay. Okay. I like that. So let's talk to me about I've what got a pops. question. So, and I can be totally wrong on this. But, you know, I could see that when something new is coming out, like, people are pretty hot on that. But then there's also part of the appeal, which is the 70% that you're talking about, Chris, that worries me. Because people aren't going into work. So are they, like, are they stocking up? Because that, it seemed to me like the cool thing to have is, like, at your cubicle or your desk at work, you get your pops hanging out or whatever. And, like, that's not happening. Or, so you're just, like, sticking with your core No, pops you're, you're lining them behind you in your Zoom you grab, call. like, a special edition if you can get it. But other than that, you're not really popping up like you would normally be popping. Is that is that, <laughs> is that, a, is that a verb, Jordan? Is that a, it is now. No, but, I mean, it just worries me because I, I know that people like to display these things at their office. And now that's obviously not happening for a while. I don't really think that's affecting it too much. Um, 
so me and Alum are like in a private group of social R people. There's like six of us. And one of our friends, Eric, he lives in um, Connecticut. And he, he visited like three different malls over the past two weeks. Just He went to Hot Topic. Um, he went to a game, like two game stops. And then I think a five below or something. Yeah. And he, he had deep dive conversations with the store managers. One of them, um, I don't remember his name, but he said he had been working there for 11 years. He had, have y'all seen the pictures of like the huge cell, the huge shelves where all the Funko Pot, there's like hundreds of them. He said he restocks those shelves once a week. And like, this is the most demand they have seen in like the past few years. So Jordan, here's the thing. I like this, we're doing channel checks, we're doing, this is good. Yeah, here, Jordan, here's the thing. You're right that people do not need these at their office anymore, but here's what you're missing. What is 2020? 2020 is the year of the collectible, right? So baseball cards, uh, you know, basketball cards, obviously um, Pokemon cards, all this stuff, sneakers, all the collectibles are hot, hot, hot because people are at home not traveling, so they have more money to spend on stuff. And so they have more money buy- and they've got more like metal cycles to, to think about these things because they're not yeah. going out as much. So, I mean, yeah, I get, I get both of those, right? It's just, it's good to hear like the channel checks and like the confirmation because I would start to worry about, well, what about my little crazy thesis that's well, not coming out? My issue was in the year of the collectible when these other things are through the roof, I was just like, thinking Funko should be doing better now than they are. But then I I do see the other side of the story because unlike cards, unlike um, sneakers and stuff like that that are collectibles, Funko Pops are generally purchased in store. They're purchased at Target and Walmart and GameStop and and, and uh, uh, Hot Topic. What about that cool place we went to in Denton, Chris? Remember that place? Yes. The, it's like an like 80s card shop or something. Yeah. yeah. Like a comic shop. So, awesome. so those places, a lot of them, they're not necessarily closed, but people, a certain percentage of the population that thinks like us are just scared to walk in stores, right? So yeah, and so they th- are, to me, this company is such a, a small, situation. it's such a small company to begin with. Their their sales are are small, and so any little glitch they have, and and that sales cycle takes them from being very slightly positive to way, way negative, you know, big, big losses. It's very volatile, yeah. um, Last year, 2019, for the year, they did 800 million in revenue and they were a little bit profitable. But in the last 12 months, that's down to 640 million. Like if you look at the trailing 12 months. So to me, that's just a warning sign for a company that is teetering on the edge at any given moment that they, if they have a big hit, yes, they're going to be, they're going to be successful. But is there, is there that one key thing that's out there right now that is making people go buy more Funkos? Are they, is there one that everyone has to have that is sold out or is it just kind of, oh yeah, here and there, there's sold out ones. The, the, the ones that are on the uh, target website are sold out, but they're, you know, they're still fairly available. How, how, how hard is it to find them? Um, <clears throat> we think that our long-term thesis for Funko is for really next year because that's when the backlog of movies for this year and next year are going to come out. And people are going to want to be so, uh, they're going to want to immerse themselves in pop culture, which we're not seeing a lot of that right now. But when we have a lot of movies coming out and the next generation of gaming, 
Uh, we're already seeing that right now with uh, the new Cyberpunk game has come out, the Keanu Reeves Funko Pop. That's selling out really well. So is the Spider-Man one. Um, we just think that it's better to get in now while the price is low because, uh, like I said, uh, the Funko is kind of cyclical stock. So it's going to run up a lot next year. So, and now will be a good price to get in. Dave, they have a good point. They have a good point because a lot of these movies were delayed for 2021. And yeah. a lot of the Funko Pops are attached to new movies, new games. And guys, you're right. The gaming cycle, same thing. Like new games. By the way, how is Cyberpunk... I know that game was... Did it end up doing as well as people thought it would or better or worse? Do you know? Is it out now? Is it fully out? Yeah, it got uh, delayed several times this year. But it's going to yeah. come out in December. And it's going to be probably the most hyped game of this year. So it's not out yet. It's not because there's a stock play on that, guys. There's and we should probably do another episode just on that's a publicly traded company where a big chunk of their revenue this next year is dependent upon the success of that game. So and the game, I don't know, the last trailer they put out, people were like, eh, it's I mean, but the hype was so high that it's almost impossible to meet the hype. So it's gonna be that'll be an interesting game. But you're saying they're giving away a Funko Pop with every order? Is that true? Uh, I don't. I don't think I meant like they're giving the special edition games. Yeah, yeah. If you if you pre-order oh, okay. like five edition of the game, you get a pop. But I, yeah, that's. I think that's what I meant. Gotcha. Okay. But, but, but then I think, you know, a lot of people might just buy the pop because they want it. Um, you know, I I really you know aside from just the stock that the salt and pepper pops <laughs> look pretty cool when you cruise by those, Dave. Is that what you're? Is that what you want for Christmas? Yeah, done. They, I'm gonna they, check that how off much my are list. These things? Are they like twenty bucks? 50 like fifteen bucks, bucks it looks like. They still like twelve bucks, fifteen bucks. Guys. 15, yeah, so, fifteen bucks. Yeah, they're like twelve bucks, and then they have like the ones on sale are like eight bucks. But, oh, no, I can do. I could use a baby Yoda too. Man, that'd be so nice. <laughs> Jordan, by the oh, way, did they have? To, hold on, scroll down a little bit. Did they? Did you just scroll past Hey Hey? From uh, no, no, that's a different character, but it reminded me of Hey Hey. <laughs> Who's hey, Jordan, you can get Funko Pops not for your cubicle, but for your for your zooms. You can have Funko Pops behind you, man. That's a good point. Like, yeah. And like, so it's that thing still kind of exists, right? I'm I'm at odds, guys. I don't know because I don't want to get stuck with a lot of money in Funko. They have one bad quarter. If things don't go the way we want, this thing could. You saw how quickly it fell from like twenty down to seven, right? It's it's nuts. I was always concerned about that, and now it's kind of at that. I feel Funko's at that level. It's like show me the money, Funko. It's like like we're not going to kill you yet. If you can come back, if you can come back, it has a shot. But I don't necessarily see Funko going from seven to twenty again. Here's why. So many people got burned by this stock. And by the way, when they IPO'd, they were the most hated IPO on Wall Street. If you read Wall Street's reports of this IPO, they basically said this is a piece of junk. It was literally a piece of trash. And that's why I invested in it, because they said it was a piece of trash. And you saw a pickup the in the actual world, yeah. Yeah, the data was extraordinary, extraordinary for them when they IPO. And I'm glad I did, but now, Everyone's been burned on Funko. So you have people like me that like Funko, but I'm like, I've been watching it since the IPO. I'm like, dude, everybody's waiting for this thing to collapse. I mean, 
I don't. I think if it has a good quarter, people might write it off as a good quarter. But wait, let's see what they do next quarter, and the quarter after that, and the quarter after that, right? And so you just have to be careful with Funko. By the way, I'm saying this. I'm saying this to myself, not to you guys, because we are not financial advisors. I don't want you to not buy Funko or buy it based on anything that we say. We're just talking through our strategy of how we're thinking about. Am I going to make well, a million dollar investment in Funko? Is it, this is not a stock that I would want to just sit in for a long time. It's a stock that you play, right? And you play the information arbitrage for short periods of time, and that's it. This is not this is not a long term holding that I would ever want to consider. But yeah. I would consider, like you know, do what we did the we last time, them. ride them up. If we see right. something that that causes us to think that they're going to have this sustained spike for three months or so, like I don't need yeah. to be, I don't need to know anything beyond three months with this stock. And by yeah. the way. Uh, the salt and peppas are only $11 each, so I'm going to get you both a salt and a pepper. <laughs> and if you're interested, they have a, uh, a Post Malone, too. Oh, my God. I <laughs> might I'm, I'm my less wife. in on that, but, man, salt and peppas from uh, my I childhood. might get my wife salt and pepper for a, a stocking present for Christmas because she loves them. Lo yeah. She saw them in concert two years ago. Can you believe I that? I yeah, I'm there was, there was some private party. It was. It was not a. The, I didn't see them at a concert. I saw them at a private party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little better, I guess. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what my decision is. I think you guys have made a good enough case in terms of. I think the strongest case you guys are making. Two cases. One stores open back up in 21. That means that their distribution opens up. Also. They said they have e-commerce now, right, in Europe. And that's something that they didn't have before, evidently. So that's just a layer on top of stores opening back up that should hopefully allow them to have a good holiday season this year until stores open up. Once stores open up, they get their primary distribution point back. Also, Dave, mm -hmm. what happens in 2021? Movies come back, okay? What else is happening? We have a new gaming cycle. So there's going to, guys, are there new games for this new gaming cycle in the next six to nine months other oh, yeah. than Cyberpunk? Yeah, there's going to be a lot. Yeah. Can you talk to me about some of the 2021 Funko Pop products you think have a shot at being really big? Uh, yeah, I think, um, so whenever, I think a bunch of shows are going to start coming out again, like in the spring and stuff. Because uh, like a bunch of Netflix shows and all that were like the filming was delayed because of COVID, and they just mm. started um, bringing those back. So Stranger like, Things, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the like all the most popular ones with the Funko Pops. I feel like Baby Yoda will continue to be a hit. Um, I've heard rumors that they might start. There might be like more Harry Potter, like spinoffs coming out, and that's one of their big sellers. And then, um, yeah. Dude, yeah. if they do a Harry Potter spinoff, I will buy Funko on that because Harry Potter is the number one selling Funko Pop, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, yeah, yeah. It's like I think I think Harry Potter's like been their number one, and it's an evergreen product. So here's the here's my takeaway. Okay, here's my takeaway. You guys have made enough of a case between those four or five drivers. And I think the e-commerce platform is a big deal, by the way. Um, but between those four or five arguments, I'm now going to start watching Funko. At least once a week, I'm going to pull Funko data, okay? I'm going to analyze. I'm going to watch it. And if I see it start to move in the right direction or continue to move in the right direction, 
I am not at all adverse to getting back into Funko, maybe prior to the next earnings, um, or if not then, maybe prior to the following earnings after that in the spring. I, I appreciate what you guys are doing because while I'm not getting into Funko right this second, they're way more on my radar than they were before you guys, uh, you know, kind of surfaced this for the community. So I think Funko is something that's worth watching. There's five drivers here that could propel this stock for the next six to 12 months, regardless of what happens in two, three years when they go out of business, according to everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> um, thank you, guys. Thank you. It's been awesome. You know what? I might uh, actually have to also buy uh, Funko because I just discovered they have a complete set of Back to the Future Funko Pops. Oh, dude, how do you not own that, Dave? Are you kidding me? I mean, I why do what why do I need this? But I need this. This, Dave. This is what Funko is all about. There's a Funko Pop for everybody. Everybody. There's but a Funko what in the world am I going to do with it? Like, I don't actually need a plastic toy of marty mcfly or doc i do i just but don't how do you not own it but how do it, i not already have world, that you must own that because you're not going to go out and buy a delorean like i tried to have you buy this week you don't know you that i like that one i sent you dave i didn't like the one you sent me because it didn't have the uh time conversion added i need the flux oh. capacitor i thought i did find one that has it fully decked out and it is ready to be delivered no dave there's the company that converts deloreans to flux capacitor DeLoreans is in Dallas. Do you know that? They're in Texas. So they will take your DeLorean and for like $70,000, they will convert the entire thing to a flux capacitor. For, for $70,000, it better actually travel through time because that is just <laughs> absurd. Are you kidding me? <laughs> They're in Dallas. They're in our city, the company that does this. I don't know. I don't know how I didn't know that. Or why yeah. I don't have one in the. I've always you know I've been I spent an hour researching DeLoreans for you this week. Well, you found a perfect <laughs> one. It's like 700 miles on it. It's like brand new. It's been in a collector's uh, just garage this whole time. Let's talk Dude. about how they have Top Gun 2 Funko Pops, which is what I'm really interested in. You see? Why are we all of a sudden That's on the toy channel? Movie. Should we uh, do an unboxing when we get all of our Funkos? Yes. <laughs> Dude, this is what this is. Now you're starting to get me inside, excited about Funko because they, they were saying that movie comes out next year, Jordan. It I was know. supposed to come out this year. I know. Right? So I've been waiting. Oh my gosh! I want. I literally. I'm not kidding you. I watch the original Top Gun once a month. <laughs> I just that searched so for Top Gun and no results were found, Jordan. Are you sure they have that? I get a free I toilet ninja with, with, with purchase. I they're going to come out with it when the movie comes out. But they have yeah. this. They have this Bob Ross painter dude. They have Kiss. They've got Tom Landry. I mean, Definitely. they've got something for everyone. They've got Mayor McCheese. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to start the Dumb Money Happy Hour. Yeah, I'm already dumped my beer, but I'll get another one. Guys, hey, get another guys, one. Honestly, thank you guys for. Yeah, Jenks is leading me to believe that it's going to come out when the movie comes out. <laughs> well, um, that seems hey, like guys, it would I make sense. Thank you, you guys. We literally are doing everything, this every day, specifically to have people like you doing what you do. Like, it, it just, this makes me so happy that you guys are out there going into stores, doing research. I know that if you continue to do this work, you get two young guys, 10, 15 years, you'll be eight figures. You know, like, I absolutely love that this channel is 
kind of inspiring people to get involved with social arb. You're killing it. Thank you. Thanks for raising, uh, you know, the Funko story in the discord and we'll be keeping a close eye on it. And I'll be, you know, I'll be visiting, uh, you know, your channel in the discord as well. Keep an eye on what the work you guys are doing on Funko. So thank you. And anyone who's not a part of that Dumb Money community, you can get invited into. It's absolutely free. You just go to dumbmoney.tv slash discord and you get invited. And then basically you can go in and, and see all of the great research and conversations that are going on there. Thanks for joining us, guys. Really appreciate it. And we're, an awesome we're going to do more show. of this where we have where we have uh, members of the community uh, being a part of the show. So that's I love that. I think it's really cool. I think that should be a huge part of the show. I love it. Yeah. Um, At least once a week. And Friday oh, guys, happy hour you know, should be at least once a week too. Wait, wait, wait. We're launching the dumb money. It's not a dumb money ETF, but we talked about that. We are actually going to seed money inside of a dumb mm. money fund that our community gets to own and pick stocks inside of the Discord. And <laughs> I think we're going to have what half the profits go to charity and the other half go to a dumb money party once a year, right? So like. Yeah. Literally, that's happening. I, I I think in the next few weeks, right? Didn't didn't our team say they were ready to do that in the next few weeks? I think that's right. I mean, I don't yeah, so like, exactly we're going know to the be details. A fund, uh, and I have a feeling that these guys are going to pressure the fund to invest in Funko. Well, that's fine I mean, by me. I think that's kind of what it, it's all about. It's like invest in what you want to. We'll find like the things that people like. It'll be kind of like a like one of those brackets where we put a few stocks up. Let let the let the uh, community decide what the stocks to consider are, and then we'll just pair it hey, down. Hey, what are you what are you making right now? I I just wanted to let you know that I think that our happy hour should have a specialty cocktail every single time. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> I have I have made um, this is this is the uh, the first of my fall cocktail series, and this is a cinnamon maple whiskey uh, sour. Oh my gosh. It is fantastic too. I tried it before we uh, went on the air, but um, that sounds great. You know, the only problem is that I don't keep we don't keep liquor in the house. Well, I have, we, we haven't had small liquor batches in our for house you in like five or six years. I don't know. We keep liquor. I just don't drink any of the liquor in our house. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't know what to do. With any, it. I, I wouldn't really drink it, except that that looks really nice. This is this, this is fantastic. Nice. So. It has a, a hint, got a really hint nice of cinnamon downstairs in his house too, which you've got to you've got to keep outfitted. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous! It's, yeah. It has to be fully stocked, and anytime something runs out, I have to have a delivery now because I don't want to go to the liquor store. But yeah, this, at some point, you have so to this show... this is basically lemon and maple syrup instead of simple syrup. Maple syrup gives it kind of a fall flavor. It's fantastic. <laughs> Dave has an entire wall of his house. That's a wine rack with LED lights and a glass. So basically, the whole wall of his house is lit up wine. If you watch oh. some uh, some of the uh, original channel videos, we do have that as a background. I, I sit in the there background. a lot when I talk. I remember that. All I'm right, considering taking this whole you, this whole set downstairs. Oh. All right, let's start the Q and A. See if we got if anyone even has anything for us. I'm sure people have. Q's for, and we have A's. All right. Thank you guys for joining us today. Really appreciate it. What's that even mean, Dave? What's that? Oh, hey, here's the first question. Chris, what are your thoughts on Beacon Roofing dropping after earnings? 
Okay, so uh, here's the thing about Beacon. I'm glad someone asked that. So they did actually beat on the top side, but they missed their earnings per share. But they also, Jordan, had like a one-time charge that wasn't reflected in that miss. So I think if you if you if you were take away that one-time charge, they actually did beat earnings. That's why they yeah. were up so much after hours. Yeah, they went nuts after hours, and then it tanked like right before open. So that wasn't good for your options, probably. But no, I sold uh, just after open when it was up, like yeah. 60 cents, 65 cents. So yeah, it was. It did hold up for like a little bit. After open, I was watching it, um, like probably four or five percent. Yeah. yeah. So, so this this right here is when the that, that stock spike was right here. Up. Uh, I kept my stock though. I kept, so I remember I added three thousand shares, so I have ten thousand shares. I kept my I, I'm keeping all ten thousand shares of Beacon. I'm not selling them. Uh, I'm going to keep them. I'm going to watch the market. I'm going to watch. You listen. Beacon is a Biden trade, right? It's a Biden trade for me. It's a housing trade for me. So I'm staying with it. I'll tell you why they had an issue this quarter. And this is on me for not thinking about this. On me, my bad. Beacon roofing missed pretty big for commercial sales, okay? And I didn't even realize, or in my head, Beacon roofing is so heavy in residential I forgot that commercial is still a reasonably sized market for them. Well, what happened to commercial this summer, guys? All those places were closed down. In general, commercial places are not looking to spend a lot of money on re-roofing and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So the commercial business, their commercial business was down like 25, 30%. I forget what the number was. It was pretty significant. Um, and I just didn't realize that. But do you know what? When the world opens up, that commercial business is going to come back. Uh, so, you know, it's almost a little bit of, it's almost has a little bit of a rebound aspect to it, a rebound trade. So now I'm kind of putting Beacon in my rebound portfolio and in my Biden portfolio. It's not a high conviction trade, but I'm going to keep my 10,000 shares. I sold my options. I'm done. I'm out of those. I don't think I had a choice. I think they expired today, but yeah, that's done. So yeah, my Beacon. I still got them. We should set up that uh, link so that we can find the questions easier because every time we do an ask me anything on I know, they just scrolling chat, by. it's like, okay, so no, Dave, I want to talk about this. Uh, GoodRx is a company that we're probably going to have an episode on next week with Chase because he is all excited about GoodRx. He is our resident pharma uh, specialist expert and Chase wants to talk about GoodRx. He has a pretty big trade. I'm not going to say if it's long or short and good rx but we're going to bring him on the show next week and talk about that in detail so that that will happen um someone's asking about ely which is you know Terrence, our buddies terence and drew callaway golf, golf. Baby? i mean what do you guys think i mean golf here's the thing is it a rebound trade probably yes because they uh... a big part of yeah, I mean, well, look, I mean, for the for the top golf part, of course, top golf. Um, but the other part of it is that people have been golfing like crazy in the pandemic. Now, are they buying as many golf clubs and like shorts and shirts and hats as they would have been? I don't really see people unless they're buying them online. But the pro shops definitely aren't doing the business that they used to be doing because you just basically you don't even go into the pro shop anymore. You just kind of slide your credit card in and you uh, 
take your golf cart and you, you go now. Um, so I don't know. I mean, yes, yeah, I mean, but you know, as far as uh, top golf is definitely recovery uh, and just a great business too. I mean, I love top golf. See, Jordan, the golf business is terrible. Golf apparel, golf clubs, golf yeah. shoes is the world's worst business to be in. I, my only interest in that company is Top Golf, but yeah. can Top Golf be really big for them? Yeah, it can be. It really yeah. can be. So, I, 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 I'm on the fence. I know we have some close buddies that love that stuff. They're in it. Um, they're also golfers. I just want to. It's not like, it's not on the top of my list as a rebound stock. I'm just gonna chill out on on Callaway right now. I'm not gonna do anything. Um, how about Uber guys? Oh Uber's yeah, Uber and Lyft have they both been up. Um if I was gonna pick one, I would definitely pick Uber. The thing is, dude, I have nothing against Uber, but it's not as <sighs> It used to be really exciting, right? Um, but after the whole you know prop deal in California it got way less exciting. Now obviously that's cleared, which is good. Um but I, I, I'm not climbing in an Uber any time in the next year. Yeah, but Jordan, there are going to be so many people Ubering starting with summer of 21. Like, it's going to be an Uber fest, dude. I really believe that, man. I believe Uber is going to come back so hard. Yeah, yeah. The issue too. is, I feel like I feel like it's such an obvious trade. People have all gotten in it for that reason. And it's, I don't know, man. You can make a case. It's hard to it's hard to understand what expectations are in Uber. I know that people there's a lot of people that are still down and out on cruises and airlines and and booking engines and con like I, there's a lot of people. That's why those stocks are still. Coming look, I mean, out. they sold off today. You know, I mean, yeah. Lyft, Lyft. I didn't look at Uber, but I think Lyft was down four or five percent today. Question here from uh, Sean Jang. Why are you so bullish on travel and entertainment when the majority of consumers will have less disposable income? When will they have? Why are we bullish on what? Travel. I don't think they'll have less and entertainment. disposable income. I still believe we're going to get a stimulus. Now, is the stimulus going to be, you know, is it going to be a $3 trillion stimulus? No. Is it going to be a 1.6? I think it can be. 1.7. I mean, listen, the Republicans... way, the stimulus is going to go direct to the uh, the person, right? And so the what they're arguing over isn't the monetary stimulus that goes direct to individuals. It's all the rest of the junk, right? And so the amount that the 600 plus minus whatever, I mean, that's that's all going to stay the same. So people are going to have income. People are going to have income, Jordan. And we're also getting stimulus. So And yeah. people haven't been able to spend as much as they normally would on travel. And so they're going to, there's pent up demand. They've been pairing yeah. back. And when stimulus does happen, it's going to have some retroactive element to it. So it's going to, supposed to be to make up for lost time. But in fact, you, you've already not spent that money. So you now have extra money to spend. I think, I think that we have another little uh, stimulus boom coming up. Unless you uh, redid your kitchen. I mean, if you did that the first time, are you going to redo your bathroom this time? And yeah. I think people, listen, I truly believe that, the, we said this yesterday, the timing of the stimulus is going to be February, okay? 
a big bulk of that stimulus, I'm sorry, it's going to go into travel this time. It's going to travel, okay? Yeah. Last time it was not going to travel. This time, because of the timing, it's got to go to travel. It's going to fund the cruise. It's going to fund the summer vacation. It's going to fund Thanksgiving in 2021, traveling to see family. All the stuff that people are not doing right now, it's going to travel. If people are um, figuring out how to make it acceptable to travel by summer next year, that would that's probably that's the best case scenario, right? Because you get out of school and as long as you can prove to whatever cruise line or airline or country that you're wanting to go into or travel on that you don't have it um, or that you've been checked or whatever you're cleared um, and there's enough people that are able to do that, it doesn't have to be 100%, but, you know, you get a third of the country has that ability, then, I mean, you could... You can make a case that this could blow up. I, that's the case I'm making, Jordan. Yeah. That's the, exactly the case I'm making. And that's why I want to... That's why, Nothing against Uber. I love Uber. Uh, but I feel that there's more opportunity in some of the beaten down companies that are totally reliant on a rebound that don't have the money that Uber has. The companies that... Saber. Quite honestly, are going to get slaughtered next summer if people are not going out. Right. I'm making a bet that they are going to be out in the summer, okay? So, like, there's more to win if you're willing to stick with the junky cruise companies and the junky airline and the junk, some of these other junky travel-related names that are going to live or die based on people hitting it hard starting in May, June. I think they're going to hit it hard in June. Hard. You know why? Because nobody is more conservative than me when it comes to this pandemic, okay? Nobody. And I already booked a vacation for June, all right? I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you're going ready regardless. To go. Yeah. yeah. You're going you're to figure that out. Uh, chat from uh, Nolan Antonucci, our buddy who is going to be featured in the video that goes live on the original OG Dumb Money channel. Uh, he wants us to look at the Google Trends for Cash App Bitcoin. All the charts in the uh, GOTR video are still crushing. There's Cash App yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Like I said, it's a, Bitcoin, set it and forget it. I mean, same thing with Cash App, man. I, Cash, I got, yeah. I mean, I, I got, you know, I'm invested in them. I'm invested in Bitcoin. Do you still have a lot of Square, Chris? I've got Square. I've had Square yep. forever. Yeah, it's one of my big, big trades. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've always, Jordan, I've always owned Square because in my data, going back three years, Square data has been accelerated. Cash App has accelerated quicker than Venmo. And, I, yeah. and when I compare the two, I've always, I've always liked the data on Cash App. Ever since they came out with that card, you know, like they, they've really gained a lot of traction. Until the data turns around and, and Cash App starts to fall, and I haven't looked at it in a few months, but until that, until that happens, I'm going to stick. Uh, yeah, that's a miss for me because I'm in PayPal, not Square. They've done well, though, haven't they? Yeah, they're fine. I mean, it's just not as good as Square's done. Um, there's so many good questions here, guys. Uh, people want to know... Uh, I'm missing the questions I was looking at now. People want to know... Oh, by the way, we will have an episode on the Airbnb IPO. Okay, so like, we'll save that for another day. Dave is invested in Airbnb. He's been invested for a couple of years in the private market. We'll attack that maybe next week. Uh, people want to know about te Tesla. Guys, nothing Tesla, has changed Tesla, on Tesla. Adding, 
yeah, we, we saw we saw that, you know, Tesla's being added to the S&P. And then we also have people asking when the Tesla tequila is going to ship. I saw that. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, to be, to be my... Are you going to just drink it all right when you get it? Or are you going to, like, keep it on the shelf? I feel like it's more of a, a shelf kind of tequila. Like, yeah. I don't know. How, the you know, quality... is it supposed to be good or not? Or are you going to, like, make margaritas with it? It's from a it's from a real, like, tequila place. They didn't, they didn't like, have Elon out there mashing up is that yeah agave or something is that bottle crystal i don't know i mean at that price could be yeah i don't know it just looked cool so i got a couple of i them. think dave you should drink the tequila then fill the bottle with water and keep it on the shelf right i'm gonna say no something reason. i don't want to be mean about this but look i'm a cyclist right and so whenever you see these big companies like gmc will sell a truck and they'll be like oh and you get a mountain bike with it the mountain bike blows and so that's what I'm worried about with the Tesla tequila. I don't think I'm worried <laughs> nothing, about it. I mean, it. nothing against, I'm just, you know, that's what I would worry about. I also have a bottle of George Clooney's tequila that he uh, signed, but, yeah. that I bought at a charity auction. That's not one that I'm going to open. It's actually supposedly a really good tequila, but I'm not going to, that, that's more of a collectible. And so much like right. a Funko Pop, I'm just going to probably leave uh, my Tesla tequila, you know, sealed on the shelf. So I don't need to delivered. know if it's good. Yeah. Um, getting back to Tesla, guys, I'm not selling Tesla until we get a little closer to the date. Okay, so we get a little closer to the date of the S&P inclusion. I'll exit my million. I'm not selling Tesla, period, but my million dollars extra, for you those bought, who don't know, yeah, you I bought, bought a million Tesla. dollars more of Tesla the, day, the second it was announced, they're doing the inclusion. And that's up like crazy. I've already made like six figures on that. I'll sell that you know, the week of the inclusion at some point, maybe yeah. dollar cost average out of it that week in some way. Uh, but right now I'm not. I don't not, think you not. did dollar cost averaging. Uh, no, 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 no. The, I'm going to sell the million dollars of Tesla, the extra that I bought. You're going to sell week. price average. Sell that's, price average. I don't average. even think that's oh, a thing, sorry. is it? Sell price average, yes. Is that a thing? Do people do that? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. It's you're um, just rebalancing your portfolio at that point. I don't know if you're calling it sell price averaging. <laughs> no, <laughs> you should coin that averaging. right now. Are you? No, I'm sell price averaging. That, that yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Are you yeah. uh, first in, last out, last in, first out? No, last in. It will be last. last advanced tax harvesting for that. Yeah, last in first. I don't want to sell my long term gains right. in Tesla. Well, yeah, you don't yeah. have long term gains yet. But you want to keep the longest so you can get to those long-term gains yeah. quicker. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. By the way, someone asked about Vital Farms. I sold my Vital Farms at a loss. Why? Because I needed money to buy these rebound stocks, primarily. <laughs> um, but because you, sold, honestly, you were so excited about Vital Farms. Are they doing poorly? I like Vital Farms. I do. I do like Vital Farms. I'll I tell you what. I had some of those Vital Farms eggs this morning. Had them uh, over easy. Pretty good. Stock Jordan, chart's not looking pretty good, though. Yeah. Unless you just bought Jordan, it at the all-time low. It's, here. All, it's all we eat. Here's the thing, Jordan. I We are investing in so many early-stage food companies that are private now. The guys, we don't really talk about that much, but uh, it's something that we're doing uh, outside the stock market at really, really low valuations. So... Uh, like I invested in that cereal company, guys. You know that I invested in. The, I won't say which one. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but it 
one of the big new cereal companies. So you invested in a cereal company? Do we're all invested in a cereal company through a fund that yeah, we're participating in. You're invested too, Jordan, yes. But but I invested in addition to that, my own money outside of the fund, more money in the cereal company. And there's other there's other little foods. You know, I also invested in that that uh it's like the beyond meat of chewing tobacco. Well, remember that company? Oh yeah, I'm out on that. Yeah, um, why? It's so fine. Look, it's fine. It's did you fine. did you guys I, see my tweet earlier? Speaking of cereal, I got this uh, limited edition box of IP oats. This oh, is that, uh, this is something that Public did. Public.com is a like trading public yes. platform where you can share your uh, transactions. This is an actual box of uh, cereal that they made because apparently back in the day when Airbnb, this is to commemorate Airbnb uh, IPOing, and back in the day. Airbnb apparently sold novelty cereal to help raise some money. And so this is their little nod to that. But uh, kind of cool. Awesome. And if anyone wants to send me something, just send it to my house. I don't have a PO um, box. I'm on the internet. Speaking of private companies, when does WeWork go out of business? <laughs> I'm just curious because it'd be nice to get that right off. Um, uh, you can write it off right now, dude. You could write it off. You, no, my, my accountant won't do it unless there's a document. Dude, your accountant is insane. Right no, now. the IRS sitting in my, I, I don't know if I can tell you, they were sitting in my living room telling me that oh, they, you needed, just did. <laughs> they needed a document before I could write off uh, some of the private investments. That yeah, I'm I was that trying is, to write that's, off. That's what they are telling me. No, I need. You know, I know. I know what you're saying because SoftBank, like you know, devalued and wrote off a portion, like while it was going down in value. I get that they did that, but my accountant won't let me do it. She's like, "You want to get an IRS? I don't have a team of attorneys that are willing to fight the IRS, Chris. It's not like, like I, I don't I, have I that." Say something. What if you never get that letter? I have companies that I've invested in that have gone out of business and never sent me any letters. Do I just never get to write them off? That's ridiculous. Um, no, but you can get a summary judgment from a court to, that is the document that you basically need. Oh, I am also not doing that. That sounds... No way. Or you can get an email from the founder who says, yeah, yeah we, we, would do. we can't give and you your money back. We, that's kind of what, what we did with the one that went out of business last year is that the founder sent us an email or a document or something. Soft and SoftBank send you an email. Depend, yeah, depending <laughs> on the nature of, of your investment, it's if, you know, if it's a small private company like we often invest in, just an email saying, yeah, you, the convertible note is not going to be paid, that's it. You can't collect the debt. Now that's a bad debt that you can take as a write-off. So, so Crockett's asking me about this tobacco company because yeah, those of y'all that haven't heard the story, Crockett, who is both, uh, he's on the chat here, the world's greatest roommate, except for a couple little forks <laughs> that he had. One of them was chewing tobacco and spitting it on my parents' carpet and then rubbing it in like with his feet, like where we slept. Like, That's you inappropriate. Dude. <laughs> He's from West Texas. He's like, I get it, dude. No, I mean, look, I dipped in college. I'm not yeah. proud of it, but, you know, I played ice hockey, and the ice hockey guys dip. <laughs> they dip. Rocket, I, if nothing else, I love that you did that, because I've, I've told that story now like 500 <laughs> times, and it still blows my mind that you used to spit, dip, and spit on the carpet that was our living room and bedroom when me and you lived in the back house, my parents' back house. Very disappointed just, in that. He thought it was totally normal. He thought I was crazy 
for telling him for, that for that criticizing that for criticizing that like, behavior. Have you heard of a paper cup? <laughs> oh man! You don't I want to know where him, he went to the restroom. Else he did was awesome. All right, so. Michael Crockett is now denying that that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's on the internet, so it's it must be true. This this is enough factual information to include it in his Wikipedia entry. Yeah, and, and so uh, Crockett, so this company I'm invested in, they're out of like Tennessee, and I forget, I don't even know the name, but it's it's a it's a natural uh, alternative to tobacco, chewing tobacco. Yeah. There's no tobacco in it, but it gives you the same buzz uh, as chewing tobacco, and it's like they literally Here's the thing. stop. The reason you get a buzz from chewing tobacco, by the way, is you get a, uh, I don't even know, it's an insane amount of tobacco, or of nicotine like an unhealthy you get like 30 cigarettes worth of nicotine forever no nicotine in it either that's what's so amazing but that's, that's the thing like you're not gonna i don't know wait before so, I someone just commented it, i read the reviews from like hardcore dippers and they were like legit it's very close to the buzz and like it's a miracle it's a miracle that they could start putting this other dirt dirty stuff in their mouth i don't know what it is leaves other kinds of leaves yeah. that aren't tobacco leaves i don't remember why i didn't do it but look i mean anything that you can do to get you to stop dipping is a good thing my neighbor is a dentist good friend um he has like seen so much where like people have to get their jaws removed and yeah. replaced with i mean it's just if look if you're a dumb money fan and you're dipping right now figure out a way to get off of it it's not good for you yeah, Crockett, if you're still dipping 25 years later, you need to get on this new stuff, dude. Um, and, uh, what is the up. new stuff? You said it's leaves and dirt? Because someone here has a great idea in the comments. Meat-flavored tobacco. <laughs> oh, there is that already exists. Have, when I go on uh, vacation, they've got this, like, it's in a tobacco <laughs> snuff can, but it's beef jerky. I was going to say, isn't that kind of what beef I, jerky is anyway? It's just yeah. I do. I do the beef jerky snuff. I will throw. I will throw a huge one in and just let it let it ride. Oh god, that sounds <laughs> gross. Just on a road trip, you get a big soggy beef jerky right there. It's great. Good um, old stupid guys, Texas. <laughs> That's just comes I, I across the screen right now. I need to respond to Gordon and I'm not human tales from AI. Uh, would you double down on your? recovery stocks today and would you be against posting the recovery portfolio don't mean to answer that really quick i did not double down yet okay but i do plan to double down and just super quick i'm going to read out symbols rcl ccl osw win lvs caesars saber uh, uh i'm sorry saber save Cake, Expedia, Six, and Love. Uh, and there's a few others, too. I'll tell you something. I'm looking at the prices oh, that happened last Thursday. So that's that's what I'm looking at. If I can get some of the prices that were that hit last Thursday, I think, you know, those are maybe as low as it goes. Could go lower. I don't know. But that's what I'm going to do. So I'm waiting. I, I'm not going to look at price, Jordan. I'm going to yeah. be focused on the flattening of the curve. When I, get, I see I that curve start to, like, truly flatten, I think I'm going to get at least 25% more. So that would be like a 50% of what I own now. So like not quite doubling down, but almost half of doubling down. And then I'll get the other 25%. I have a little bit of a worry about another wave. Am I, is this ridiculous? Is, could there be another wave that comes like January? Is that Dude, that we're already in a wave. And the wave that comes in January will be from Christmas. It's not going to seem like a wave, though, because it will just seem like a, a continuing reaching of new highs. Yeah, I don't, we're think not, 
I don't think, you know how waves go like this? I think we're going to go like this and just... Flatline? And then hit a, hit a point and then finally start to taper off it and go back down. It just depends on what people do for Christmas and Thanksgiving, right? I don't... Look, I'm not from Europe. I don't know what they do. I don't think they've got Thanksgiving in the end of November like we do. But um, So maybe they get a little bit better and then they have a, another wave in January. But us, because we've got these you know big holidays and we've got college kids coming home, hanging out with their parents, hanging out with their grandparents, I'm really worried about just this whole area of yeah. time. And the whole world so has Christmas and the whole world life. has New Year's and the whole world has, what, Valentine's Day. I don't know. I'm so, just naming so Dave, holidays if we now. We get a sustained spike that lasts for 60 days. That's why I don't want to like double down at the beginning of the sustained yeah. spike. Yeah. Because it might continue to these cruise stocks. People can really start to freak out if it you get that sustained global spike. And I might want to add more in towards the latter half of the sustained spike, or like maybe save it for when it starts to actually dip at the end of the sustained spike. Right? It flatlines mm -hmm. and then starts to decelerate. You can't time these things perfectly, but I feel like no. it's too soon right now. My gut instinct says it's too soon. I have half. I'm good with holding the half. I don't want to put the other half on all at once. Yeah. Right. And I got I got what I'm comfortable with and I feel like it I knew I you know, I had a good idea that it will not just go up from where I bought it, but I didn't want to miss out if it did start to take off purely yeah. based on the excitement and steamrolling energy of a vaccine. Yeah, I've only got three names in the recovery right now, and I'm good with them. Um, they're up. I've got, I've still got the XLE. I've got Citigroup, which I know drives Chris crazy, and I've got, got my love. It's just, yeah. it's un, it's. I don't want to say it's unconventional because it's actually, it's like, it's like very. In, those are institutional trades. Like yeah. that's what all the like hedge funds are buying. They're buying like Citi. They're buying yeah the XLE because they're safer rebound. They're safer rebound trades. And I yeah. would expect nothing less of you, Jordan. You, you're picked good, solid, safe rebound trades. I think and I got reasonable. my 4% dividend in City. You know, got, dude, I'm telling you about the XLE. It's like seven or 8% right now. I mean, you, we, you get your, we you have get your had return a request. on your money that way. We have had a request to talk about dividend investing. And I think Jordan, you would be the uh, perfect person to lead the conversation there. Yeah, look, I mean, it's not rocket science. You just look at the dividend. You try to figure out, you know, what's going on with the company. Is it a shit company that's giving a high dividend because they're, you know, um, you know, they're taking out a bunch of debt to pay it out? To. Then you probably yeah. probably be scared of it, right? Um, or is it the dividend high because the, they're a little bit oversold? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, a genius on this stuff, but yeah, we can. There's no free money in dividend investing. If you get that no. high dividend, there's always a reason, right? Well, there's a re yeah, a hundred percent. There's always a reason. So, like with oil stocks right now, it's got a huge dividend because there's a ton of risk, a ton of risk in oil prices going forward, right? And so, um, and these companies are going into debt to be able to pay you that dividend. So, is that good or bad? The future will tell. I'm going yeah. through these questions as fast as I can. Yeah. I'm really behind right now. Uh, Gordon wants to know, cruise or casino, which has more potential? I think, first of all, I'm gonna, we're not speaking to you about this because we can't provide financial advice. No, I'm asking for me. What we're doing for our portfolio, I love both. I feel like cru the cruise stocks for me are the highest risk. I feel like they have the most potential, but also the most risk because they're levered up so much 
that if if you know this weird scenario plays out where for some odd reason they they're not allowed to cruise like come summertime like I can't imagine how that happens, dude. These cruise companies are screwed, man. I mean, yeah. they're they're in trouble yeah. at that point. So, yeah. but I'm comfortable with them, guys. I think that here's the thing: when an LVS and MGM, the majority of their revenue comes from Macau, and Macau's already they're halfway back up, even with very limited visitation. So, and they know how to do stuff over there, right, guys? Like they know how to to kind of keep things reasonably right. okay when it comes to this pandemic, especially mm -hmm. once they get a vaccine. So unless China doesn't get a good vaccine, that could be a, a risk factor, right, for the casinos. I don't know why China wouldn't also have access to the same vaccines we do, though. Yeah. Campfire yeah. wants to know, what was your first private investment? My first private investment? Yeah. I think it might be... You, I, I'm not 100% sure. I, there's two that come to mind. One is um, the golf shoe company that we start, helped start, which True. was uh, True Linkswear. True Linkswear. They still, they still exist. Uh, True Linkswear was the world's first golf shoe. My buddy that I was working with started it and that didn't have spikes on the bottom. It was like a tennis shoe that you can wear on the golf course, but it was a, the first minimalist golf shoe for walking golfers. It had a very, very thin sole. It was like almost you were walking barefoot on the course. And Ryan Moore was a PGA golfer. He was our third partner. And the company had huge success for a few years. But the reason why I'm so down and out on Callaway and the golf industry is because I learned through that company how difficult and small the industry is for golf merchandise. It's like it's really small. It's not a big industry. And there's not a lot of growth. And when Tiger Woods left, the, left golf, for the mo for a while, for a while, like that destroyed golf from a, an apparel standpoint. Like it's destroyed its growth. Like it was catastrophic. So I'm really weary to invest money in a golf company. Other than I do love Top Golf that Callaway owns now. Dave, what was what yours? My, I can't remember. I remember the first one that uh, went out of business, and I think you were in I it with too. me. You, you know what that was? It was like a refrigeration company of some sort, a medical device refrigeration company. Boy, if that company still existed now, they would be they would they be would, prime I mean, it for would this be, Exactly. Can you imagine being in that company right now when we need medical refrigeration more than ever? So this company was fascinating because they used nanotechnology to basically create little mini refrigerators that would last all day for your diabetes medication. So you can go to Six Flags or you can go to the beach and you could bring your diabetes shots, I guess your yeah. insulin shots, right? And even in a 90 degree weather all day long, it would stay cool, uh, which and it, it I was, guess- And it was low power, low or no power. It may have been like a passive system and yeah, it batteries. had- Yeah, it was, it was amazing technology and seemed like a fantastic idea, but- Sometimes it was it really work out. hard to sell. It was the distribution, yeah. Dave. It was really the margins weren't big enough, and it was just really difficult to sell into the med tech space when you're a tiny little minuscule company and you don't have all the sales reps like the big pharma's have and the big yeah. med tech companies have. But guys, they're so small. They were having problems just with inventory management and storage of their inventory and getting you know getting runs of the product made.
That was 13, 14 years ago, Dave, maybe 15 years ago. I remember and having lunch with you at Cisco Grill. Yes. So, so I'm glad you guys brought this up because I think what we can take away from this is that every investment is in education, whether you win money, make money or lose money. You can pull learning out of every single trade you make, out of every private company that you invest in. We've learned, God, we've, we've invested in dozens of companies that have gone out of business and learned so, every time that happens, we get a little smarter. We get a little yeah. smarter, right? And if you so watch our original Dumb Money channel, we do have several education experiences where we had uh, companies that, that went out of business, but every single time we did learn something. We tried to, to help share what our lessons learned were in those, in those companies. Basically a whole year of following us around, going on every meeting that we took. Dude, if you go to the original Dumb Money YouTube channel, not Dumb Money Live, but Dumb Money, dude, we have probably six fifty videos of us running around, meeting startups, learning, losing money, making money. Uh, make sure you watch the fixed repair uh, sale video to Angie's List. That was like our biggest win. It's such a cool episode. It's such a cool episode. Um, Paper Towel wants to know, and this is going to be a question that you could probably talk an hour about, but let's see if you can give a 15-second answer to how do you go about position sizing for social arbs, arb trades, please? Just say paper towel. That's a paper great towel. name. Yeah. I need, I need a f funny name for when I am like anonymous online. It reminds me of towel. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, conviction. That's it. It's just conviction. The higher the conviction, the lower the risk, uh, the, the, the less variables that are coming into play that could impact the trade the more I'm willing to invest. I mean, that's why we always say low, medium, high. So you guys get a feel for, hey, it's a low conviction. A lot a lot of what we do is low and medium, but occasionally Peloton, stuff like that. We've had some high, we've had a lot of high conviction trades this year. And on the original channel, we did a whole video about that too, kind of defining what low, medium, and high means to each of us. And I can't tell you what the title was, but no, I No, Dave, you don't have to. It's in Discord. If you go to Discord and you go to the education uh, channel. There's only like five or six posts, and there are two videos that you need to watch. Those two videos will literally tell you everything that you need to know about social arb trading. Um, under the the research and education tab on Discord, uh, it's at the top. We posted. I posted both those videos there for you, just direct link. So if Watch you aren't that. in our Discord, dumbmoney.tv slash Discord will get you there. Here's a little shout out to our uh, top five most active contributors. Put a little leaderboard together for us. Hope you guys enjoyed yeah. that. Awesome. I love that. Uh, oh, what else? Crocs. Of course Crocs is up, guys. Why is Crocs up? Because Crocs wins no matter what. You could be in a <laughs> pandemic. We could be coming out of the pandemic. Just Think about what that. happens next year. The chart is always like this. this pandemic. What are you going to need? What are we? What are me, you, and, and we? More, I know we're not going to buy Crocs. Do you, do you know what I don't need is rubber clogs? I don't know. I Maybe know, it's just me. But but I know that a lot of people do. We're all going to buy beach shoes next spring because yeah, and I buy floafers. I know, well, and I buy dudes. I'll buy. I'll. I'll be wearing my dudes. Um, I've. I've pretty much fully adopted Allbirds as my house slipper that I can walk around the block in. They're amazing. Yeah, but Dave, I just, you. I, I can't wear a tennis shoe. That's weird. It's not a tennis Every shoe. It's a person that it, buys one of these off-brand things like we buy. There's a person that just buys Crocs, right? 
And I, so I Crocs you. are bright. They're 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 fun. Uh, they're oh, our buddy Team Money bought some uh, bought some Crocs. He's got he's got the camo pair. Oh yes, he does. Yeah, he, he shared some photos are of that. Kind of like Funko in that there's a Crocs for everybody. There really is. There's a Crocs for everyone. And someday I might buy Crocs too. I with all the money I'm making on Crocs, I I should, definitely should buy a pair. Jordan, I just want to show you. Uh, this is probably what you're thinking of tennis shoe yes. wise. But if you just scroll down, they also have this very much more house slipper style. Oh, that's and then better. They also yeah, that's have way better. the furry ones, which I'll find for you and and just flash on the screen when no one's no one's paying attention. What are you trying to say about furry things? No, the feels cozy and fresh colors. Can we, Dave? Can we pull a chart to see how they're doing? The the furry Crocs or the fuzzy? They they go by fuzzy, furry, and one other word. What's the other word that people say? Lined. Uh, lined yeah lined crocs too because now we're getting to that season that we should be tracking that stuff the my issue with that is it's not real wool and i don't like having that poly line stuff my feet sweating in it it's kind of gross do if you want to know what all birds are made out of all wool well, i i do like that all if birds, crocs had birds. A premium version i might buy them they do. You should totally here. I'll just put this uh, picture of sheep up while uh, I. <laughs> That's super weird. The, the wool is the only. This thing is I not like sponsored, by the way. I just, I just love the product. I know. Nope, nobody yeah. can hear it, but they basically make it out of wool and then they turn it into shoes. Pretty cool. Yeah. Look how fluffy that looks. Looks like puppies. All right, guys. Fluffiest I have. Puppies. To, like, I'm gonna go pull these ribs off the smoker real quick. Uh, we'll still be here when you get back. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm gonna get a and I gotta get a beverage too. We need to do an episode on Roblox, too. That's a monster IPO, almost forty billion dollars. What, what is Roblox? Why am I? It's why is that not ringing a bell? Gaming platform for, for for kids. It's IPOing their revenues through the roof this year, which is my big issue because I don't know if that continues post pandemic. And I kind of feel like they're, I don't know, man, I kind of feel like they're just taking advantage of a really interesting time for them to IPO. So I'm not, I'm not a buy necessarily, but Ro Roblox is huge, Dave. It's, it's, it's like the large, it's like one of the very largest gaming kind of platform style games for kids to build stuff. And it's, it's huge. I'm looking at, I, I was supposed to look up. Fuzzy Crocs, what else did you want me to look up? Fuzzy Crocs, furry Crocs, and lined, lined Crocs. And I want to see... Well, the most popular name is actually lined Crocs, surprisingly. Okay. But um, look at that. They all kind of trade in relation to each other. When did they peak, Dave? When did it peak last year exactly? The last peak was December 8th through 14th. Can you see when that first peak was last year? That This first one down kind of right around... My mouse won't let me do it exactly. Here it is. Around October 27th, November 2nd. Okay. So, so it looks like... And then that next peak... What's the next one? The next one where it goes sideways a little bit? Right there, yeah. So that's, that's where November we are 10th right or now, 16th. right? Yeah. So it looks like we're, we're we're pretty much even with where we were even. November 10, 16 last year. Yeah. And that is, you know, eclipsing the high from two years ago. But so 
it's good, but not like super. I don't. Excited. I, yeah, I'm not super excited about that. It seems that uh, the whatever the blue one is, uh, Fuzzy Crocs is performing lower this year, substantially lower than about the same time last year. But that's because it could be a different a terminology because people might not use that terminology as much as they used to. Um, yeah. Lime Crocs. Said win someone said be... winter Crocs or fur Crocs, F-U-R. I thought lined Crocs did the best when we did it. Uh, it Google it Trends still is. Before. Yeah, it still is. I'm going to look at just fur Crocs. Oh, look at that. Fur Crocs beats them all. Why were you looking up furry when you could have looked up fur? Mm. Oh, is it really? Can you get rid of everything else then? Who knew? Let me see if I can uh, just pull up two years. You can't. Well, I guess you could manually. It's just difficult. So Drew Seff says Roblox screwed once kids go back to school. And that's my thesis too, guys. That is exactly my thesis. I'm, I'm concerned about Roblox once they go back to school. So I don't know. So right now we are about where Crocs was at November 10th through 16 last year. So we are pretty much right on par with where we should be. Yeah. So not super exciting. Uh, what else you got, guys? Any questions for us? Uh, whew. I'm looking. Need uh, Yeah, Bieber is going to do another croc soon. Um, so Chris R, I'm not going to say it out loud. He's asking me if I got that thing I was looking for. I cannot say it out loud for obvious reasons. Um, I did not get that thing from eBay yet, and I had an issue today that... Oh no! They haven't sent it to me. The guy said he forgot to send it to me. So I said, "You need to send it today, or and send me a tracking number. Otherwise, this is fraud. I'm canceling my order." Let Wait, what's fraud? Is this through a private individual you're purchasing? Yeah, and it on a uh, service like eBay or something. It's it. It's fraud. It's he's he didn't send me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find another one now. Great. I got How did you pay for it? Eight hundred. Well, I'll get my money back from eBay. Eight hundred. Eight hundred ten bucks. What did you buy on eBay? PS Five. <laughs> I don't want to talk too loud here. PS Five. But uh, I get it. ASMR. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there was a guy selling them on this uh, local uh, Facebook page for a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. I'm about to buy one for yeah. that right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. That would well. have been a good investment. We should have just loaded up on PS5s. I yeah. can say it loud. It, Why am I whispering? Or you could just give them a coupon that says, <laughs> I will buy you one when they're available in, on January 15th, and I'll save $500. Um, yeah, that's not going to work. That's no, Santa house. doesn't have a coupon printer. Santa has a great coupon printer. Um, the kids are too old for Santa, too. Come on. Come on. I'm not using any tools right now to track trends on Reddit, but I think in our Discord channel, didn't someone create a little mini There's ticker tag? a really you... cool trend uh, tracking tool of the Discord channel. 
Yeah, you can contribute tags and they'll add the tags and they'll, they'll, they'll track Reddit and Twitter for you. So guys, just go into, um, go into Discord. I forget what the name of that is. It's a really cool little tool. And I think Wes is behind it. Wes and Leon and stuff. Like, aren't they behind that tool? Wes. Oh, Wes did it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe Leon's helping. I don't know. Yeah. Seems like Leon does everything. Man. How does how does Leon have time place. for everything that he does? I, man, I don't know. That guy's all over the place. Killing it. I have no idea how he has all the time. Uh, TDoc and TDD, guys, we're in them, not selling them. It's a long-term social arb trade. I'm not worried about the short-term stuff on, the, on those. Whew. So do you think 2020 situation has given people false confidence because Robinhood traders and everything else is pumping everything up a lot more than usual? Yes. Yes. But with a caveat. We lost Chris's sound. Oh, hello? I can oh, hear him. Can you not hear him? No, it's just me. Okay. <laughs> my oh. headphone came unplugged behind my back. <laughs> so before you go into that, Chris, yeah. I mean, it does have an effect, right? But yeah. you've got to realize Robinhood is not that much of the market. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like no, a huge percent of the market. I think the question so, is, though, for is, all of these new first-time traders who got their first taste of investing in a market that... We've been doing this for, for forever. We've never seen anything like this. It's been exciting. You can make money regardless of what you invest in. Are they getting kind of the wrong sense of how the market works and might get burned by trying to place these crazy risky YOLO trades that worked out fine in 2020, but may not work out so well in 2021? So Jordan, when we say Robinhood, what we're referring to is like the 13 million new traders that came into the world in 2020 between Fidelity, Schwab, Robinhood, all the other brokers and stuff. And not and only young people, also also people who just never thought investing was for them, all of a sudden had all this extra time and needed something to yeah. do and got bored with playing, you know, whatever card game they play. And, and while the, in aggregate, the amount of money they control might not seem like it's a lot, Jordan, they're concentrated in a few dozen stocks, right? So, like, no, that's a good point. They are they are concentrated in the big the big names. Yeah, they're they're not, they're, and there's some of the big names. A lot of them are like medium size in, in names. So, like, and also, I feel like it's a marginal driver of price action for these stocks. So, okay, even if it only represents fifteen percent of the trading volume or ten percent. That's 10% that wasn't there last year or the year before. So it's kind of moving the needle for these stocks. And then the institutions are having to play in that ballpark now. Of now that you move the needle there, now I guess this is the new standard for where we're going to trade it. It doesn't take that much to kind of manipulate markets up and down when you're talking about fresh money, right? Like small, small net cash flows that are coming in or out can actually have a pretty dramatic effect on a market that's levered like this one, right? So I don't know, but my answer is don't, is this going away? Because think about most Robinhood traders are young and as they age, they're probably getting wealthier, not less wealthy. And they're probably putting more money as they get inheritances, right? As they get more money, they're putting more money in the market. So our parents' generation 
they were invested in bonds and a lot of them just had cash, right? And a lot of them just weren't invested at all. If the new generation is a bunch of active investors, we're going to look at some of the most robust capital markets we've seen in multiple generations coming up the next 20 years, right? And that could be a lasting thing, especially if the government's going to start pumping out money. And right? I mean, it's just like, is this, why would this end next year? That's what I don't know. Like, I don't know if it ends or just continues. So. Um, well, the craziness ends, but the uh, more people are becoming educated about the markets. And so that means there's going to be more money going into the markets. And that's always good for markets. It almost yeah. seems that the stock market is the only place to put your money, right? It, yeah. All the people who used to have multiple places, they would consider a savings account and a, and bonds and things that are, well, that are more... Well, let's talk about this, Dave, because the, the bond market is, I mean, it's sitting at the tip top that it could possibly sitting with rates dropping. Um, and so if you see rates go up, you're talking about a big bond bear market, then where are you going to put your money? So, yeah, I mean... I agree with you. You got you know record low rates right now. You've got uh, you get no yield on these bonds, and when the rate starts to grow up, we always know that that uh, the bond face value drops. So, yeah, I mean, where else do you put your money? Stocks, stocks, Roblox. stocks, stocks yeah. baby. <laughs> uh, so, by which, way, by the I, way, I just saw uh, Gravy Catman, who is a Roblox YouTuber, uh, is is giving us some inside information on the Roblox YouTube game. They've had multiple games with over 50,000 to 100,000 players pre-pandemic. Uh, number five most viewed on YouTube was in 2019, 100 million monthly active before COVID. Um, great cat, man. So I don't know if you're the right person or not, but the reason why we want to have an episode dedicated to Roblox is because whether or not we ultimately decide it's a good investment on the IPO, I we are going to follow Roblox near weekly because it's a social arbable yeah. uh, company, okay? It's a company that's it's a single-minded company that does one thing that's highly trackable, okay? So that is the type of entity that we could kill it, right? If, we're, if we keep a close eye in Roblox, if their traffic starts to drop off when schools come back into session, right, or when summer 2021 hits and parents are like, hey, we're like, we're all going on vacation this year. Like that's something that we will have great visibility into. And it's something that I think Wall Street will be somewhat delayed, whether it's days to weeks delayed in terms of how they track Roblox. I'm confident we can get a social edge trading this company once they IPO. So I'm so pumped. Yeah. I have a question. Jordan, uh, uh, in the front yeah. row. What is Ro Roblox? What is this? It's it's <laughs> what is it's this like Roblox of which you speak? It, it it's it's a plat. Just Google it. It's like a platform for for kids to game on, and you could build your own games off of it. So it's like it's not one game like Fortnite. It's like imagine if there was a Fortnite that you could take Fortnite and you could build your own versions of Fortnite, which you kind of can do also in Fortnite. But imagine if you could like completely build different variations of Fortnite for kids to play. So Roblox is like a blocky type universe and you build your yeah, own so, universe. Uh, I've got a couple of people it's saying like what I was just thinking. Game. No, no, I'm not. Look, I'm not totally a boomer. I've got a couple of people saying that it's like Minecraft. And I'm like, that is exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. But I don't know about these things because I don't game. I'm not a, 
Man, I'm and not that kind of nerd. I am a nerd, but I'm not that kind of nerd. When we were um, when we were contemplating other girls, places to so put, like, yeah, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm like, well, I've got girls. They just girls don't Roblox do. as much as the yeah. boys do. They do girl things. So another good place to put money, according to um, David. How do we say his name? David with the little with, with the tick apostrophe after after it. I call him David Tick. David Tick. Uh, real estate, awesome place Sorry, to put money. So here's here's the thing about real estate. Like right now, commercial real estate is just like pff, you have no idea what where people are gonna be and and all these um, reits are scrambling. This could be a generational opportunity to buy real estate that might, you know, in central urban populated areas that you could have never touched before at a lower price point. Yeah, but Dave, don't you think that real estate is, I mean, a lot of that real estate that has potential hasn't come down because these real estate investors are long-term minded yeah. and they're really like, they're not willing to just fire sale a lot of this stuff. So unlike 2008, when a lot of that real estate had to get fired, they fire sold it because it was just way too much of it, way too much. This time, I feel like the capital markets are so strong that they're able to borrow so much money to continue to leverage and hold on to that real estate. That, I think, is what's happening. I haven't seen that there's been a crazy amount of fire selling going on. Like I'm, I look in Dallas all the time for real estate, commercial real estate, properties that I know, you know areas that I want. Like I'm not seeing any stuff that's like crazy cheap yet. Yeah. Or even coming for sale. You know, these commercial real estate guys, they don't ever sell anything. It's like they just never sell. It's, it's really weird. Yeah, it's been in their family for 60 Ugh. years. Totally. Can I also say, Grave Catman, could you let us know if you'd like, if anyone, if we have a Roblox expert in our community, we want to know who you are because we'd love to have you on our Roblox show. Because I'm not going to ask, but I'm not the Roblox expert. But I, I do want to, I'm going to dive into ways we can track Roblox traffic. And I'd love to have a Roblox expert on the show. So please, you know, connect with Leon. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll figure out who would be the ideal person. Uh, B2B software. Uh, you know, we are more focused on B2C because we're social arb traders, but that does not mean that we don't do B2B trading. Uh, you know, you could you could social arb any company or any sector, and there are B2B SaaS companies that can certainly be arbitraged. You know, I'm in Salesforce, for example. I've been in Salesforce. You know, I got in that earlier this summer. Um, it was obvious to me that a lot of these companies were going to be leveraging Salesforce more than they ever have before because now they're totally reliant on remote observation of their Salesforces, right? So if you have a company you're not even talking, you're not having team meetings even anymore in person every day. You need to be able to look into Salesforce and be able to manage all, everything digitally. And I knew that Salesforce would be in a great shape for the pandemic and they, they've been doing well. Uh, what other what other B2B software companies have we talked about this year? I don't... Um, Slack is kind of a B2B. Yeah, but we, we decided against Slack. Uh, yeah. for, we talked about that in a, few, a few shows ago. And then, oh, what's the other one? Um, there is, I've been watching this thing, and I've watched it, man, I've watched it too much and well, didn't I mean, buy enough of it. There's, um, we bought Unity. Unity is a 
B2B software oh, yeah. platform. Yeah. We think bought about Unity it. guys like two, three years ago. Uh, and we're up like 12X, 10, 12X now on post IPO on that one. But again, DocuSign is one of our favorite companies. Because we really believed yeah. in gaming and we really believed in, you know, at some point VR and, and, and that whole world is only going to get bigger. It's just a matter of when. Unity was an early leader in that space. And Unity was kind of, it's kind of like a duopoly for gaming platforms and they were the largest. So we didn't really see how Unity lost. How, like we're, and when we made that investment, we're like, how does Unity lose? We couldn't even figure it out. I That's did not see, did. yeah, I did not see a downside to Unity. No. And because I don't they know. They already had so much traction, and, and, and the ability for a competitor to get in that space would, would take years, right? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Uh, guys, I haven't done any work on Snowflake. Shopify is one of my biggest holdings, it's one of Dave's biggest holdings. Uh, we've talked about Shopify numerous times. It's such an obvious pandemic trade that does uh, not. Here's another sure. B2B software, Zendesk. That one's actually done really well. Zendesk. Um, yeah, oh, but I've, I haven't been in Zendesk. Why Why do I never get in Zendesk? I always talk myself out yeah. of it. I don't know, but Dave, you're in DocuSign with me, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, DocuSign's one of our largest holdings, guys, and has been for a very long time. So yeah, we, we have a, we're, in, we're in B2B, Seth. Look at Zendesk. Wow. Uh, Compare that to DocuSign. Oh, DocuSign's beating it. Shop. Unity. A little stock chart of a uh, past year. DocuSign, Shopify, way up there. Unity, Zendesk, subs nicely up there, but compared to the other two. Yeah. Guys, we we we're gonna do a show on Airbnb. Again, if people are talking about Airbnb, we'll do a show on that. We are mixed. We have mixed feelings on Airbnb. We will discuss them. I don't think Dave has mixed feelings on Airbnb. He's all in. Well, he's all in on <laughs> He's all in what? He's all in, but I'm not. Yeah, so neither am I. Neither am I. That's the I, don't know I, I, I think uh, it'll be interesting to... I need to get to the bottom of how much uh, I actually paid for my Airbnb because mm -hmm. their valuation was kind of all over the map. It was at forty billion at one point, yeah. and their IPO price is expected to be what thirty billion. So if I got into the wrong time, I could have lost money in my pre-IPO shares. But if I got nope. in at the right time, I could have, I could have either doubled my money or cut my money in half, depending on when I got in. And I have an idea of um, what it is, but you guys are going to have to wait and watch and find out. <laughs> Major market uh, people are talking about the Robinhood IPO that we're, we're in. Obviously, we've been in Robinhood for a few years. Uh, I can't wait for that IPO. How how interesting do you think that's going to be? Like from a retail perspective, like retail investors investing through Robinhood in Robinhood. It's like a meta investment, Chris. You use your Robinhood app to invest in Robinhood. It's going, I know it's going to be. It's it's going to be something, guys. I can't wait. I've had my nervous moments in Robinhood over the last couple years, but I cannot uh, wait yeah, for that day. Every time they had their uh, complete outage during the most heavily traffic trading day of the year, and we're just watching as as we own private shares of this company, saying, "Okay, it's over for them. They're they're not going to. I mean, everybody's going to cancel their accounts." 
But then somehow it turns into everything that goes wrong for Robin Hood has turned out a-okay for them because it just brought more attention to them as a platform. Dave, that week that that happened, I wrote off my $300,000 investment in Robin Hood. I literally wrote it off. I was like, there's no way this company survives this. It's done. It's gone. It just is what it is. I'm you didn't write, write it off on your taxes the way uh, you've no, suggested to Jordan. It's a good thing you don't not. give tax advice either. Yeah, you are definitely not a certified public accountant. <laughs> Please do not take Chris's tax advice. No, don't take any of, take any of his advice. Uh, all right, I think we got through pretty much all the questions that I can see. Are you kidding? There's like a thousand other lines of text that you could read each and every one. Uh, okay, Gordon... Gordon says, Chris, could you have made the money you have, have if you didn't do options? No. Uh, not to this degree. No, options were a big part of it. Uh, and not as early and as fast. Like, yeah, yeah you, you're, you're absolutely right. To get to that yeah. first million dollars, you wouldn't have been there without options. But then... It, yeah. Options have always been 50 plus percent of my what of my trades but uh, just be truthful about it and yes he's made a ton of money a ton of money with options but he's also lost a ton of money at you know individual times with options yeah. so you have to be prepared when you put in that options play to lose that money and again we're not giving financial advice here but no. you need to understand that about options you can well, lose that also money. jordan when i started in options like as a teenager i pretty much lost all the money I ever invested in options, like 100%. This is, I didn't start killing it until 15 years ago, guys. This is, when I was a kid and I was investing as a teen and college student. Dave, Even you in your early 20s. I know for a fact because I went back to find the oldest tax return I could just yeah. because I was curious. And it was when we were all living in LA, both living oh. in LA. And yeah. um, I was uh, a paid intern assistant at a couple of different entertainment companies i lost five times my salary that year in options losses yeah. like i mean i wasn't uh, making serious money so it wasn't it wasn't like but like that's a lot that's insane it's insane uh, jordan take that understand this i don't know what i know dave's salary was more than mine but my salary was $375 a week when we were living in LA. LA. It's even worse so, to lose that much money then. Oh my God. I can't yeah, I was it. making, what was that, about $1,500 a month? That's about $19,000 a year. Could you believe that we were living in Los Angeles? I was not getting any money from my parents. I was literally making $19,000 a year. And how much was my apartment? Five ninety-five or something like that? I don't know. I just, your your apartment was yeah. half of what mine was. Don't have cockroaches uh, coming out like from the walls because no, that is pretty... right next to Veterans Park in, in uh, was, Westwood. Like, it was literally very sketchy. The park, Veterans Park, Westwood. Yeah, it's... his his place was sketchy. My my building. Lynn lived in the same <laughs> building that I that I did, and it was much nicer. But still, I mean, well, I was paying what alley from me, but it was much nicer. It was okay. So David. <laughs> Uh, this could go some weird ways, but what were David David Tick is asking? What were you doing, making 19k a year? And I don't know what you were doing. I have an idea, but I also know one of Len's ideas for what you guys could have done. 
<laughs> oh no, that was bring that up or not? Idea. Was that, that your was idea? idea? And we could we could talk about that. Uh, so I was. I don't know working, if I could do that. <laughs> I was working. I was working as a, uh, a a Hollywood assistant, as was Dave and our other friend Lynn. We were all Hollywood assistants. And we were just working a desk, right? Thinking we were going to uh, work our way up the Hollywood system and become famous producer directors, and that would be like the life that <laughs> we would that we would be that we would love. Thank God that didn't work out. Uh, but then I also sold cars between Hollywood jobs because I couldn't really make enough money to live, so I would then go like sell cars and. I worked for Santa Monica BMW, uh, Beverly Hills Lexus, Jim Pocock. But then when we were really broke at our low point. <laughs> this is my favorite story on the planet. <laughs> there was a low point. Everybody has a low point, right? Like, like when you're about to have to call the family, you're just like, I guess I need to move home now because I just can't pay rent. Um, I saw an ad in a Mac, you know, in the back page, I think was what it was called. And it was saying that we could make X amount a day as uh, working uh, se sex operators. Sex operators, <laughs> yeah. So, so I thought that, you know, I w we were 22 I'm, years old, okay? I'm pretty sure I had moved out from, I left LA yeah. by the time this whole yeah. job this scheme. This is literally 22-year-old there were other jobs out of newspapers. I, I don't even remember why, but I, Lynn and I were at some random Pasadena furniture company. I think we were going to like resell furniture or something. But go ahead. I want to hear about your phone part. sex job. You he, went into, he went into interview. That's, I that's went into the interview. I took Lynn in for the interview. It was in the valley, the deep <laughs> valley of, uh, in, I don't know, Burbank or someplace. The, and the porn we capital got of LA. <laughs> There was a window, it was, you know, like a banker window with like gl bulletproof glass. Like it was like bulletproof <laughs> glass and like really shady people in the waiting room in like a back alley parking lot in the middle of the valley. And I, we walk in and I told them what I was there for and they start laughing at us and they start laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? I'm, you know, we're here, you know, we're here, you know, let's, I want to interview. And they said, you do know, and I guess they must have felt the vibe that I didn't realize what it was for, you're not going to be speaking with women on the phone, right? <laughs> and so that was my, at that moment I'd hit my low point and we, we I laughed, we laughed. <laughs> I think Lynn immediately turned around. And and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say <laughs> and that. And Chris is like, well, I, I guess I, I could talk to him. his name in this whole story, but you did. Um, <laughs> I remember when he told the story, he said that you said, I don't, think I can do that and Len was like I know I can't do that <laughs> <laughs> not wait let's say not that there's anything wrong with that no not but, at all but just like if that's not your thing then it's not your thing so 22 years old take with a grain of salt 22 and we the, didn't do uh, it the we job lost, that the job that I did not get out of the newspaper was um Jerry Bruckheimer was looking for an assistant and I went and interviewed for the job and I could not get the job because uh the job ended up being just like doing his errands and like going and picking up his dog from the groomer and uh, but it was driving his like Lamborghini around and I didn't know how to drive a Lamborghini that, that I, I failed the interview. <laughs> Dave, that would have been the greatest job, Hollywood job of all time. Are you kidding me? I know it would have been. Kidding me? 
I can't um, even believe I made it into the interview phase. I I can't I can't and then and then remember I worked as an extra for a few weeks. Uh, yes, you made my multiple appearances on. No. Mm-hmm. Melrose Place, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> <laughs> All the above. Valentine's Day special episode 90210. Me and Luke Perry. You did have almost a speaking role. You had a, a featured extra role, role where, where they had yeah. you in a two shot. Yes. With another extra who yes. was your Valentine's <laughs> date in the back of the Peach Pit After Dark. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. that's our whole point. We were not always, you know throwing 10 million dollars on a trade because you know we got excited that was not our life until very recently uh all right that's it yeah i, I got my family waiting for me it's like dark outside guys it's yeah we got i got family huh. i've got ribs waiting on me uh jordan i'm gonna order me some ribs right now from hillstone that will hopefully be almost as good as your ribs guaranteed not as good but i am a p1 of uh of hillstone if you are going to hillstone and doing a pickup can i get you to pick up an order for me yeah, yeah. you're gonna do doordash for dave <laughs> yeah. i'll do it i'll thank you guys dave, for watching I'll call you to put yours in at the exact time that i'm going then i'll pick up both i'll do perfect it. All right. well, I just got to talk to Amy to make sure there's no other dinner dinner plans before I do that. You figure out what you need to do because I think I've already eaten, but it's I'm getting hungry again. So, Hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching. This we are Dumb fun. Money. We will see you on Monday. Have a good weekend. Mm.